What up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Wrestling is Trash, the podcast where we come here every week, talk our shit, book territories, say what we love, say what we hate, say what can get the, all the way the fuck out of here, and what lives on in infamy. It's your boy, the mayor, that DJ named Ace Five, your mom's favorite fat guy all the way from deepest, darkest Africa. And as always, we're going to go around and pass it to each other. So my man, follow the name. What up, everybody? Nick Anicelli here for another episode. A good one we got on our hands. Actually excited. Actually had to use my brain for once when speaking wrestling, which I liked because it was a challenge. It was something different. Um, and actually had to think of times sitting down and all that good stuff. But glad to be here with everyone. Down to my man down south, literally and figuratively. <laughs> you already know Lou from the BX, a.k.a. Louis Schmurter, a.k.a. Louis Balboa, the Lou Scanner, the podcasting, host of everything podcast up on here. Wrestling is trash. Episode 103. We live. We ready. We ready to go. Word, word. So how is everybody weeks been? Let's get all the, the basic housekeeping out of the way. How's that? How's our weeks been since the last episode? Good, long, tiring. Had uh our annual once a year we have to qualify on the rifle range every year. So I had that this week, just some long damn days. But your boy good, certified killer. Did my thing. <laughs> and, uh, you, you threw on that little Southern certified killer. Certified killer. <laughs> Don't mess with me, nah. Nah, but nah. Good week. Good chatting with the boys as always. Looking forward to it as always. Been on a good week. Good week. Lou? Yeah, man. Everything's cool here, bro. Uh, just working on some little details and stuff. Getting ready for classes. Are starting back up on the 22nd for me. So... You know, I'm getting ready to get back into that ordeal. Uh, working on some projects here and there, working on the pod, throwing up some TikToks for the people who are into that kind of shit. Um, yeah, man, just trying to keep busy, dude. If you wasn't, man, if you wasn't against me sharing to say where to look at this video, if y'all want, follow me at the Starter Five Podcast on TikTok and just ask for the video that I'm about to mention because Lou shared one of the funniest freaking videos i have ever seen today yo i was dying yeah I, that oh, shit that shit yo it set my day off i, I, I sent, sent that, that to everyone everybody everybody i was a hair away from showing my daughter but not not yet but big ups to my daughter next week she turns 15 my oldest child zaria marie turns yeah, 15 perfect. next week crazy <laughs> It's crazy how her life goes coincides with my length of time on my job. So when she turns 15, October, I finish my 15th year. 16, she finishes, I finished my 16th year. Like, so time is fucking flying. You know what I'm saying? Had a had a good night last night, uh, chilling with some of the Wrestle Talk community on uh my man Wrecked by Wrestling's live last night, was chilling with him. Husky Rhodes uh, was celebrating Hambone for getting a thousand uh, followers on TikTok. Which, yeah, you gotta have a thousand followers to enable your live feature. Which it sucks, but it's cool because it's it's kind of like a people are invested in you kind of thing. But 
if your account is kind of like ours at the start five, I keep getting mad freaking crypto bots and freaking user 8675309s and shit like that following. But hey, I take it because the numbers go up, whatever gets the numbers up to get more people coming towards the podcast, man. But looking forward to a good episode of the starting five coming this week. He's not a sports head, but I got a phenomenal artist named Sean MacArthur coming on the podcast. And get this story. I kind of briefly met him in Philly when we was uh, down there for Philly Cigar Week. He was at the HNIC con. So my co-host, TJ Jamal, they walked by there. I think they chopped it up with him more than I did. Then he follows us on TikTok, follows on Instagram. He sees a TikTok that I did and sees an awning at this building right next to me. He's like, yo, you live on Staten Island? I was like, yeah, right in New Brighton. He's like, yo, I live right on blankety-blank street. It's like, get the fuck out of here. It took me to meet somebody in Philly that lives literally a block away from me. Small world. <laughs> yeah, crazy. So he's coming around the corner. I got to break out all the equipment and everything. He's going live with us. He's going to be on the show live with us. We're going to interview him. So check that out. But speaking of the TikTok connections and all that, I figured before we get into our main topic and really only topic for tonight, because we're going to do some reminiscing on the storytellers of wrestling. And we're not talking about the storytelling by way of the matches, but we're talking about the announcers, the, well, the announcers slash commentator teams, the people who drive home the stories for those watching at home. Because when you're live in an event, you don't hear them over the PA system unless you're old school and got like a, you know, you're watching on your phone with headphones like you had a baseball game and listening to the baseball on the radio. You know, but they're the ones who help deliver and tell the stories on TV. And I know we got grid five. You know, we all got kind of our top starting fives of who we like the best as far as teams and some individuals. But as I mentioned, I'm kind of taking this question from the world of TikTok by way. But I threw my own spin on it. Shout outs to the, again to the homie Husky Rhodes. He put up a thing asking... If you were starting a restaurant and everything was wrestling themed, what would it be? So I'm not going with that one. I said, you know what? Let me spin the restaurant into an element of the restaurant. If you were starting a bar, what would be some wrestler themed name drinks? That you think you could come up with. So this is why I left it as a surprise. Because this could be a nice, fun, freestyle session of just shit. And I'll go first because I know I already stumped y'all by the looks on your faces. The one that I thought of today. Just actually maybe 20, no, a half hour ago. The Super Shots. The Young Bucks Super Shots. And those Super Shots would be just... Shots of Jägermeister. Here's the connection. White boys loved Jägermeister back in the day. They loved shots of Jägermeister. The Young Bucks, the buck that used to be in their logo, is almost similar to the buck on the Jägermeister bottle. There you go. <laughs> I got to, you know, I got to make shit mean something. So 
There's all the connected factors, but first and foremost, oh, and then I was gonna say, but you throw some glitter on it for their colorful outfits and their colorful gear and uh the fucking the stream of pop when they come out to the ring, you know, and you must do those shots in pairs and then do the pose afterward. <laughs> so uh, Nick, because Lou is really pondering and I see him scribbling, so he wants <laughs> So instantly, instantly to the head, I thought of a drink called the Rock Bottom, and it's pretty. I now I it's pretty much a drink, or you could do a shot, I guess, with just a bunch of different liquors in it. Because after you drink it, you're gonna hit rock bottom. Right. So it sounds like we, we get a flight of fucking shots. Yeah, like a flight of shots with like all different maybe tequilas. Because I know tequila usually knocks people out. For the most part, uh, that's instantly what came to mind, but that's cool. Kind of never really thought about it like that. <laughs> so, Lou, you I know you got uh, at least one on that. So, paper. obviously, the first thing that came into my head, the first one that came into my head was the Stone Sour Stunner, oh. and that would kind of be like a Midori Sour type of drink, you know, yeah. a little something. Something I remember watching one of those videos where Stone Cold was trying out different drinks. And he yeah. ended up liking he ended up liking the girly drinks at the end, even though he said he wasn't gonna like them. Um, another one I came up with was maybe like something like called the flaming cane, where you could do something with like some uh some red hot or some uh what's that goddamn I can't remember the name of that. Um fireball Tennessee fire there you go, like fireball. You could do something like that, or you could do like a cocoa beware, but instead of K-O-K-O is cocoa, and then you could be like a coconut pineapple type drink. Uh, yeah, that'd be a pretty cool idea, actually. That would probably uh something. But the thing is, with a with a place like that, you would have to put that shit somewhere where there's like always wrestling. Cause like imagine in the middle of your town, there's just a place that's a wrestling what? bar. Like that shit would be mad what? random unless unless they they stream all the shows on big screen TVs and you could go there and watch them and shit. I definitely, yeah. That's I what I was. That's what I was gonna say. Is like. It, you can put that shit anywhere and just just freaking advertise it as yo, this is a the home for watching wrestling. You know, all the wrestling crew from wherever you at come through. You're part of wrestling Twitter, wrestle talk. You know, we'll have a ring out in the back. Y'all can come fight out your your tweets and shit like that, unsanctioned, and you must sign a waiver. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think that'd be a hit because I don't know if you guys remember a few months ago I sent you that video from that ref bar in San Diego I was at with all the wrestling shit in the bathroom. And like I was in there, there was a couple people in there and like they were like, oh wow. And I was like, oh, you guys wrestling fans? And of course, like most, well, I used to watch it, blah, blah, blah. But I definitely think a wrestling bar would definitely be a hit. And that's not being a biased fan either. I really think it would be because you'd hear people like, yeah, they go like old school wrestling games and yeah. pictures of The Rock or Stone Cold because those are who everyone's going to think of. You know what I mean? I think it'd be a hit. It's a good idea. Yeah, like I another one I thought of, which was an instant kind of obvious one, the jungle, the jungle Juice. Yeah, Jungle Boy. That's it. And just make it, but make it the <laughs> color green to also represent Luchasaurus. Nice. And then, if you want to, you could either put them in different glass choices. You could put it in a tiny one for Marco Stunt, <laughs> the, me the medium one for Jungle Boy, or a nice tall glass oh, for Lucha. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, well, and then, we, we got some other good ones. I know we could think of some other good ones. Yeah, I know. There's probably I could think of one because you got to think a lot of like older, not older. I won't say that, but a lot of I guess you would say like businessmen. Well, I don't know what category it is. You like a lot of people just like like whiskey on like the rocks, like an old fashioned. So you could probably think of like a wrestler that kind of coincides like with an old fashioned. Because you can't really, I guess at that bar you could have Stone Cold beer on tap, but well, uh, the, the, it, it'd be like the Harley Race or the Bob Backlund. Yeah, like something like that. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah. You I know was just I mean? trying to think of something with Bob Backlund in my head, and you said Bob Backlund. I was yeah. just you, thinking like well, something. Like, what can I, Bob Backlund? You know think how anything. you know how you know how people do them wild ass Bloody Marys when they put like a whole fucking restaurant's worth of food on top. Yeah. The cross-face chicken wing. The bloody oh, Mary, the bloody Mary and make you cross-faced, and you got to eat the chicken wing on top. Yeah, that'd be dope. I'm literally freestyling these shits right now. Like, I didn't put no thought in this. <laughs> I didn't put no thought in none of these. This is just like I'm idiot savant right now. I'm trying to think of something for Undertaker, <laughs> like the dead man or the tombstone. Or well, I guess could the Undertaker strength be some the, the whiskey on the rocks? Because he has old school. Uh, yeah, that could just be dead man walking. Yeah, or something just like some, that. Just straight or, up Jack. No, Jack, ice. Yeah, that is his, that's, <laughs> that's that BSK drink, that Jack. So, word. Or I, I was trying to think of something. I was thinking like the D Lo Brown. Yeah. It'd just be a straight brown liquor. Bro, I'll yeah. never forget, man. When we were growing you know up, we I love had, some Hennessy. <laughs> I, I had a trampoline growing up, and me and my cousin were obsessed with D Lo Brown just because of the way that dude would walk to the ring. <laughs> We'd play his music from like the WWF Volume Audio Four CD. And like, You're looking at the real deal now. I had, I had, a, boy, I had a boy of mine. That song. I had a boy of mine named David Ortiz. I used to work with back in the day when I used to work at the supermarket called Publix. And this motherfucker would always call me D'Lo Brown. He called me D'Lo Brown every fucking day for like three fucking years because he said I looked like D'Lo Brown. And he every time he see me. <laughs> He would go, yo, D'Lo Brown, and he'll start doing the head shaking shit. Uh, nice but his man. name is, but his name is David, David Ortiz. Ortiz yeah. So you got to be like, yeah, a but he was a little small. He was a small little Puerto Rican dude. He, he no, no type of. I couldn't even put them together. Man, like, you, like, know, you know how I mean, bad I hate getting compared to wrestlers. So one time I have to tell the story quick. Me and my girl watching TV, and Finn Balor was coming out, and she's like uh, weighing in at like whatever, 190 pounds. I think he is. Or was at the time. I was like, oh, I wonder how tall this dude is. He's like, I think an inch taller than me. And I'm like, wow, you look a lot better for being the same weight as me. <laughs> Yo, that shit bugs me out. That shit bugs me out because when they, when they, when they, um, when Brock Lesnar's walking to the ring and they say weighing in at 346 pounds or whatever he is, because they, it's usually like 340 something, they announce his weight. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, bro. How the fuck do I weigh more than Brock Lesnar, bro? Brock Lesnar looks like a goddamn like giant. He's literally built like a snake, like a cobra, like the way his body goes out. He's a fucking massive dude. And he's, yeah. o- I think he's only like six two, maybe. Six. Man, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like we the same fucking height, and how the fuck? Like I don't even understand that shit. Yeah, Bobby just, Lashley's the same he's, height too. I think. He's like, I think Bobby Lashley's six one. You see the Usos on TV, and to me, they don't look like the biggest 
even tallest dudes, obviously the Samoa. And then when I saw them when I went to Mania, those dudes are tall. Like they tall. Like you, that's like you don't realize they're Samoan until you see them in person. Like, oh yeah, yep, you're one of them. Yeah, Samoan yeah, Samo- Samoans are just built different. No, what really bugs me out, what bugs me out, like and shit like that, are NBA players, yo. When I went to see an NBA game for the first time, and I seen these motherfuckers, I was like, yo, what? Bro, these people are literal giants, yo. And then when you see them on TV, like, that shit doesn't compute. Like, yeah, you'll see taller players like Shaq, and they'll be mad big. But, like, just looking at everyone else, I was like, god damn, bro. Like, I saw, when I looked at Melo, I see, because we had gotten, like, front row seats to the to yeah, he's game. Like we got six, our, eight, fucking, six, seven, we got our asses eight. handed to us. And I'm looking at Melo, and I'm like, god damn, bro, Melo's huge. Like, he's fucking ripped. And he's fucking tall as shit. I was like, bro, I, I like that shit does not look that way on TV, bro. Yeah, and the same that same thing goes when you look at like point guards. Yeah, you know, like you think yeah. a point guard is a little midget or some shit. You looking at Steph Curry, he's looking like a little baby out there. Shit, yeah. that motherfucker, that motherfucker's six three. He's taller than me. Yeah, it's I'm not so well. Like I <laughs> yeah. like how they say like the classic the airport test. Like you're gonna look at them. But, like, because two wrestlers who I've seen up close live that were, like, wow. One time at a live event, me and my cousin snuck up to, like, the guardrail where they walked out. And Big E came out. And no homo, dog. But that pause, yeah, whatever. That dude's thighs. <laughs> that dude's thighs were no wider than, like, my, my like, body. But he's like, short, though. Because he was dabbing people up after. And when he came by, I was like. You're a huge guy. And he just started laughing. And then, you know what <laughs> caught my eye like really big at Mania? Because he walked right by me, Titus O'Neill. Now, great, yeah. he's a college football player, oh, but he, yeah. he, he's oh, like 6'5, I think. I yeah, think he's 6'5, six, 6'6. Five, six, six. He was walking around eating a Caesar salad, laughing, just eating and laughing. <laughs> like a goof, like in a funny goof way. Yeah. I think like, Biggie is like 5'10, right? Something yeah, like he's that, not maybe? tall. He's just he's not tall. tall. He's just fucking wide. He's just why i was like yeah. god damn bro but then you look at dudes like seth rollins like he's a little tall but he looks like a normal dude aj styles looks like a normal dude like dead ass normal dude like you could just see him at the grocery store and not know like who that is he's just a normal dude yeah. super athletic obviously yeah yeah you know no but discredit there's no i see there would there would be no drinks about aj though because i don't think he drinks yeah, the phenomenal one. That could be a good drink too. But yeah, the phenomenal one. Like that would be all with like fucking like high high price bitters and fucking yeah. like, something something that'll creep up on your ass too. Something that's like, ooh, nah, this shit tastes like Kool-Aid. And like then you walk. on the floor. <laughs> and then you and then you get styles clashed on the floor. I'm trying to <laughs> I haven't really thought of any for a female. I'm trying to think of one maybe for like Sasha or even like back in the day. Like a Trish or a May Young. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, though, with those drinks, like it could literally be any move. Like you could call a drink the bank statement, and mm-hmm. then just have like a purple, a purple fucking dye in there, or whatever, and yeah. kind of like you know what I'm saying. Like any of those drinks, all you gotta do is name them after moves. It's just yeah. gonna sound cool. Like yo, let me get a bank statement. Like that just sounds dope. Mella you know is I mean? Mella is money, and it'll just be gold slogger. There you go. <laughs> gold slugger. What do you mix gold slugger with, bro? Because I used to drink that with, shit to the face. Fucking hell. You mix that with hell <laughs> and vomit. And... See, when I was back in the back in the day, see, back in the day when I first and this is obviously we're going off topic, but <clears throat> when I first moved to Florida, within the first three months I had to move out on my own. 
So I got a job and I got an apartment with this dude that I met at my job who was from New York. So we hit it off and we were like, bro, 19 and 20. We were the only 19 and 20 year olds with our own apartment, bro. So we, every party was like at our house. Yeah. Every party, every party that would happen from work, it was always at our crib. So, bro, we would drink, bro, Salsa, uh, Parrot Bay coconut rum. Oh. And gold and gold schlager. That was, that was like Parrot Bay was that, that shit and though. <laughs> and Malibu. Malibu was like the ooh, we're getting fancy. We got some Malibu. And we would just buy that shit and just drink it. Like we didn't even know what else to like get. So gold schlager for me is like I can never even look at that shit anymore. Yo, and I neither could I because I tried that. Like back, you know, it's funny with me is when I first start to learn about some shit, like I try to try everything. So, like, when I first started drinking, like you mentioned, shout out to my big brother, Mark. He was the person, first drink I was really, really drinking, Hennessy. That's why I love it still to this day. But then I started experimenting. And I worked in a sneaker store that was right next to the liquor store. So no, I would no. go in there, go see, you know. So I tried Goldschlager. Ooh, it got pieces of real gold in it. <laughs> Fucking, that shit tastes like cinnamon syrup with gold in it. <laughs> Little thin pieces of aluminum fall in that shit. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Yo, the, but the worst shit, which still to this day is like, I would try it again, but it was called Aftershock. What intrigued me to this shit? It was a cinnamon, I think it was a liqueur, but it was a cinnamon liquor. And in the bottom of the bottle, it had rock candy. Oh my gosh. Diabetes. That sounds yes. terrible. <laughs> Diabetes. So when you said Goldschlager, that immediately reminded me of those two things. And then still to this day, I have yet to have um I'm still looking to get Everclear. I know it's in other states legally. New York for some reason, the pansy ass state that I live in, we, we they don't sell it out here. But I did have this shit called Devil's Springs. And with Devil Springs, here I go, like, like pro wrestler, like I'm like fucking Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I'm on the bus stop one day. I told my man, I was like, yo, you got a lighter? I was like, yo, watch this. I took his lighter, took a hit, a, a swig of the Devil Springs, blew the fucking hugest fireball in the fucking parking lot space. Like, it was That's ridiculous. <laughs> All off the Devil Springs. For some reason, I don't know why, when you said that, that brought up a, a, a fucking memory that I had. So when I started working at the supermarket, right, we was all, I told, I think I told these guys before when I worked at the supermarket, The Rock used to shop there before he was like big yeah. shit. And we were all wrestling fans back there. So we would do wild shit. Like at night when it was like slow, we would take like the weight, the, our uh, back braces, you know, they were like belts and we would hang them off the fucking like sprinkler, the little sprinkler things like for the, for the fire hazards and shit. And we'll have like a ladder match, right? So <laughs> yes. one day, one day I called my boy Rick over the PA and I had set up, bro. I had a whole thing set up, bro. Those were the good old days, bro. We used to have like all the banana boxes and we sold so many bananas at this place that the banana, we had fucking hundreds of banana boxes, bro. So I lined them all up like a big wall and I put the belt like on the top of the thing. I had a ladder and then I called my boy at Pace. Uh, Rick, can you please come to the pros back room, please? Rick, come to the pros back room, please? Rick. Please come to the produce back room. So he came to, to my department as I worked in produce. And when he came, when we used to do this shit, I think about this now and I laugh because it was so crazy. When he came in through the he came through the back way, 
And when he came in, I was hiding behind a freezer and I had a fucking, I worked in produce. So we had like those metal, those racks and they have like f- those flat sheet pans. Yeah. You know, those flat sheet pans. Yeah, bro, yeah. I had one in my hand. And when he came around the corner, I hit him in the fucking right in the head with that shit. <laughs> right. I banged him right in the head. Wow. And that shit bent. And then I grabbed him by the, by the neck, like by the collar and by the back of his pants. And I throw him into the fucking boxes. So then he fucking, there was a Lysol spray back there. And I fucking sprayed Lysol all over my arm. Like, I, like my arm was drenched in, in like Lysol. And I fucking took a lighter at the time. I used to smoke, and I lit my arm off. I lit my arm up. And I went to like choke slam him with like my fucking arm on fire. And uh, it started really burning. <laughs> so, I, so I let him go. And I, I literally put my hand in between my legs and kind of like, did like one of these hot to like put it out because i i literally burnt all the fucking hair off of my arm and uh rick thought it was the greatest fucking shit ever like we laugh about that to this day bro That's we laugh great, about the though. shit that we used to Please do to this do day not try this at home no. <laughs> right right no. but yeah this this was this was a fun little conversation that story right there was fucking excellent right there yeah because that because i didn't want to continue on because that that brought on <laughs> A story or how oh, yeah. I almost, I almost oh, yeah. set my the side of my friend's house on fire, doing the same thing, light lighting my hand on fire and showing them, look, it don't hurt, and you know. But I, it brought up so many other memories from back then, from trying shit to definitely trying the alcohols. We 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 could go on and on. We could have did a whole show with just name. If I gave y'all the Batman level of prep time. We could have listed a whole drink menu of just wrestling shit, and it would have oh, come yeah. out. It would have came out fire, you know. But we'll save that story for another day because we're going to talk about now the storytellers of wrestling. And as I explained earlier, the storytellers, besides the athletes in the ring, the men and women, and however you identify as in the ring, the real storytellers are the people that sit at the announce desk, the, the people that sit at commentary. Um, and there's just legends upon legends upon legends who talked and, and discussed and brought to you in multiple different ways some of the most legendary matches. Whether you think of a person that's on my list, uh, Gordon Soley, who was like, he was known as like the voice of professional wrestling for almost the whole 70s and 80s. David Crockett, another name that shot out once again with two weeks in a row shouting out Conrad Thompson, who brought out David Crockett and the Crockett family for Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view. Um, you got legends like the Gorilla Monsoons, the Bobby the Brain Heenans, even Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself. And then I got, you know what? I'm sorry to cut my lead into this whole thing off, but there's one more question I'm going to ask y'all once we're finished this topic. And it's a, just another fun question, kind of a this or that. But, Lou, I'll start with you. We're just going to run down our favorite fives of the commentary teams in wrestling history. All right, cool. Um, so my list is pretty generic. I think you guys fully well aware who probably might I actually was going to put my number two at number one, but I, I really couldn't use, I couldn't really see anything better than my, or my number one that I do have. So 
Number five for me, I went with uh, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, like that Monday Night Raw combination um, from my, oh, look, I won my bid. I'm over here sitting here bidding, fighting with somebody, bidding on something on eBay. Um, And I I just won. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. Uh, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler. That's the classic Monday Night Raw team for me. Um, Another team that was like really underrated for me um, and it didn't last long, and I wish it lasted a little longer, was Jim Ross and Paul Heyman. Um, I love Paul Heyman on commentary when he was in WWE. He felt like, this is going to sound super stupid, but he sounded like dangerous. Like he he sounded like he was just willing to do and say anything. Um, obviously, we know as adults that that wasn't really allowed, but I really, really, really enjoyed those Paul Heyman days when he was on commentary. Um, number three for me, Mauro Ronaldo and Nigel McGinnis from NXT. I think that those guys were the perfect um, combination of color guy and just super animated um, story guy. Because Mauro is a story guy, but he gets super animated. You can listen to him do um, like MMA fights. He's the same way, bro. He just gets he gets super over the top with it. A lot of people don't like him because of that. Um, but I really enjoyed Morrow. Uh, number two for me, Joey Styles. Joey Styles for me is probably my favorite all-time like announced person. He just he just knew how to get you hyped, and then he also knew how to kind of like just drive you through the match. And I think that's something that a lot of people have trouble with. Um there's so many moments with Joey Styles where he took it, he just enhanced a match just because of his oh my gods, or his uh, the way he announces people's finishers. Uh, I, I get like excited thinking about Joey Styles because he just that that dude's voice is phenomenal, man. I really wish he would like appear. The guy's like vanished from the earth. I don't know what yeah. he's doing. Um, and number one for me, just because of my childhood, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. I, I just those guys have those guys were the 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 voice of my childhood. I would have thrown Vince in there, but um, you know, just Heenan and Monsoon for me were were the voices of my childhood. So I, I had to put them in number one. Yeah, those those two were like it was it it, it felt like like straight man. It, it it was perfect straight man heel or straight man comedy stick comedy act like they were. You know, they were great. They were absolute great. Yeah. Honorable mention. If I could just throw one honorable mention, I would throw uh, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. Yeah. That dude, I loved him on commentary, man. I loved everything about Kurt Henning. Yeah. It in just the ring, sucked. Commentary. He it was just fucking... sucked the conditions he was in because, yeah. you know, he wasn't he, yeah, able to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. He, he was forced basically to do it. But my God, man, if you want to talk about a guy who could fucking do anything, man. Excellent in wrestling, excellent in the ring, excellent promo, excellent on commentary. This is the fucking the greatest. Mm-hmm. And then is one of mine. Go ahead, Nick. So mine, so Lou, your number one is my honorable mention. And the reason why is because they are great, but I didn't get to live through that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, like, yeah, I everything's you. different when you go back and watch, right? So I thought they were great, but I can only imagine like well, because that those are the people like my dad talks about and shit, like and my uncles, and it's like so I hear it and I I laugh at the stuff they used to do 
and all of that. So for me, I I had I feel I would have done them no justice, like not throwing them in there just because of what they did. And that's like when wrestling was on the come up and everything, and they were probably part of that because they kept them there. Uh, so then none of these. All right, so the only one that's really in order for me is five and one. Now my five is going to be very like wow already kind of, but it's probably because I'm a mark and I think it's because there's a new life. But I'm throwing Michael Cole and Pat McAfee up there. I knew you was going to do that. I'm well as I say every week because somehow he comes up probably by me. I'm a Pat McAfee mark. I just think it's and the reasoning I'm saying they're so good together. It's because Pat is very open on his show and everything that he has no clue what's going to happen. So I like that he's still a fan. Like he generally wants to be surprised. Like he said when Brock Lesnar came out at SummerSlam, no clue that was happening. When Cena, like, so for me, just excitement. I think it's like for the youth and all of us, like he brings it out. Like he's one of them that's like, he, he makes wrestling cool. I'd like to say in a way, if you want to say it. And the reason, the, but the more reason why I picked it is not because of him, because of Cole. Because if you know, if you watch Michael Cole from probably about 2009 until Pat came on, he sucked. Like, he just was not it to me. Obviously, he was force-fed things down Vince, from Vince. You know what I mean? Then he did that stupid when he was hidden in a box and trying to be a heel. And I actually like that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, dude. I, maybe because I was like 18 in high school, 19. And that, and and that just, led to one of the worst WrestleMania matches ever. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, mine. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, but it seemed like he got new life in him since Pat's been there. Yo, maybe quick side note on Michael Cole. My uh, Big Vito posted up a video on his TikTok the other day about they did like a kiss cam in the ring when he was in WWE F for E at the time. And he said in this video that Vince McMahon and Jr. set up this rib on TV for Michael Cole for, and they put the heart between Jr. and Cole. And then Vito came out, fucking gave him a big kiss and then threw the dress over his head and all that. But Michael, Cole, I remember that. But Michael Cole, yo, literally, represented that 90s 2000 grunge look because he had the biggest soul patch yep in the fucking biggest fucking mustache i that it looks so weird on the dude <laughs> yeah and another thing with me man is like i'm a sucker for a come up kind of story like remember he was backstage getting bullied by the rock all the time just like with teddy long like he was a referee and then got promoted to be an on-screen <clears throat> one of the best general managers in my opinion bro he got right he got hiding raped backstage by Heidenreich. who yeah. michael Cole? Michael Cole, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean. I I remember who was the other guy. Damn, I have to. I hate to go off topic. The Rock. He was a like a bigger white dude. I think his name might have been Kevin. But The Rock used to stay beating. Oh, him. Kevin Kelly. He used to call him <laughs> Ugly Hermaphrodite. Yeah, you. And then when he bent over, he's like <laughs> bent over, and The Rock's like sweet cream on an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> and, then, and then I think the Michael Cole. Yeah. Remember when The Rock like had was advertising his merch and like threw his shirt on Michael Cole and like his elbow pads? So Yo, that shit know, was Michael Cole has been so consistent, man, since like the late nineties, early two thousands. I felt doing him justice. And then my next one, to kind of go with you, Lou, Jr. and Heyman. Man, I was a big fan of them together. 
And like I said, the invasion, now when I go back and watch the invasion angle, I'm like, wow, this could have been a lot better. Obviously, there was contract situations with Time Warner that WWE couldn't buy out whatever at the time. But as a kid, you think, like, this is the coolest thing. But so him just being that perfect heel and, like, kind of like that dangerous feel, like, you know, he made it seem like, like, yo, and then I watched these, so the invasion angles as a kid, because I got into ECW more as a kid than WCW. And because uh, it was extreme. So as a kid, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Everyone's just beating the hell out of each other with barbed wire all the time. And uh, I was just like, yo, this Heyman dude's, like, dope. Like, he's sick. And one of my boys, he didn't like WWE at all because he just thought ECW was the coolest thing in the world. So he had the ECW game. We used to play at his house and watch all the tapes and all that shit. So when Heyman and them came, it was just awesome. I don't know. Like I said, they had, like, a good, I think, like, year and a half run together that I was a big, big fan of. Um, Yeah, that's on him. And then uh, my next one, Lou, I mean, Dan, I got it from you. Because I forgot, honestly, how good I love them. Michael Cole and Taz. They had a a great run. Especially, I used to just love when Lesnar would come out. And every time, Taz, well, here comes the pain. Like, every time. And just, I like when they get into it. And then, just kind of when Jerry Lawler and Taz got into that feud for ECW one night stand. Like, he was picking on Cole. And, like, Taz stood up for him. Because I liked Taz as a wrestler. You know what I mean? So seeing one of yours who you love, like, now all the time, maybe not always in the ring, but whatever. I know. I just thought they were honestly a perfect duo. Like, back then, like, SmackDown didn't miss. You know what I mean? And that's when SmackDown was killing it on the professional wrestling side. Because when you go back to, like, the early 2000s brand split, I felt SmackDown had more of the wrestling. Because you had, like, the Benoits, the Guerreros, even Edge, Mysterio. You know what I mean? When Raw had more of definitely the sports entertainment side because that's what it was always meant to be, you know, once they established they were going that route. So it was nice having a professional wrestler called professional wrestler. Um, so that was a big one for me. And like I said, they were just they were just great. And like I said, I was a huge fan. Uh, then next, once again, Lou, Styles. He, you know what I mean, watching him then as a kid. And then the, for me, he's had so many iconic memories, but the one – you know, and ECW fans probably don't like this one because it's a WWE reference, which I can understand why. But when he put when Edge put Foley through the flaming table and he just had that, oh my God. I was like, oh, this dude's dope. And then I remember I went on YouTube and watched like a whole oh my god compilation. Like, that's the that's <laughs> the great thing. That's the great thing about Joey Skadiles. Like he has a catchphrase, oh my God. But depending on what's going on. And the octave that he delivers it at, it, yes. it, it shows you the seriousness yes. of whatever's happening. Yeah, because yes. he had it like that when he was like, oh, my God. Then he was like, he'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only man who could say, oh, my God, in so many different ways. So And, many and you felt every bit of all of them. Yep, yep. And then, because uh, if I remember correctly, he comments, because I know he used to comment ECW by himself a lot of the time. But he he commentated the ECW one night stand pay per views in the beginning by himself as well, right? I think some people came all out the, of him. all well, the ECWs he did for the most part by himself. himself but yeah. there was one time, one like not one time, but there was one era where um, Cyrus came out, yeah, yeah. as he was known as Cyrus the Virus yeah. at that time, and he used to kind of do it with him 
back, you know, back in the day, a little bit, a little bit, you know, but yeah, because Styles I, alone was just because obviously I dabbled in the network and watched like old DCW shows that people recommend, and it's just like, you know, how tiring that's got to be. Like, I hear, like, Pat talks about on his show when they do, like, the pay-per-views. He's like, man, like, sometimes I know I got 10 minutes to run all the way out, take, like, a piss, and run back. And this dude was doing pay-per-views and just every show by himself. Like, you know what I mean? I remember JR's been open about it, saying he's pissed himself on air. I think think my all-time favorite, all-time favorite Joey Styles moment is when he was in WWE and he quit the show. And he went unscripted after Jerry Lawler slapped him and shit. He, he ended yes. up slapping Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler threw him into the chair. He left. He came back. And then he, he quit on air, which was bullshit because he was just going to do the new ECW show. But he's he, he on that show, he grabs that microphone and he goes, I am sick of cheerleaders and semen. It's like the way he, the, the way he delivered that line. Uh, just fucking every time I hear that shit, I crack up, bro. And then that's the end. That also, he also says in that promo, he mocks God, he mocks God. Oh, because that's when Vince was doing that little stupid thing. Yeah, with Vince was doing all kind of wild shit. Think about it in 2006, before I say my last one, Vince made himself have a match against God and used to walk around wearing the do rag yelling, What up, G? <laughs> in the same calendar year while paying people off with company money if you want to refer you want to talk about bulletproof yeah <laughs> i could see why vince like in a fucked up way did what he did look look at that right there my man whiter than can be like whiter than can be yeah that's, i mean yeah bloody steak white yeah and we're <laughs> on tv bringing wearing the do-rag go what up holmes what up, G? Like, granted, like, I get, I still get it. Like, because there's like a 30 second video of like, Durag Vince was wild and he's always talking about that. And granted, those like 30 seconds are honestly fucking hysterical. You know what I mean? But I'll never forget when he said the whole Booker T thing with John Cena. And I was just like, like, that ain't good. <laughs> but, uh, and then my number one. My nigga. <laughs> yep, number one, just like you, Lou. I gotta go revert to the childhood, King and Jr. King and Jr. Because that's they were just the best. I just loved them. That's when King wasn't like, what's the word I want to say? Like that he is now when he commentates from time to time. What's the word like? Not cor- another word for like corny, I guess. Like just like ugh, like creepy. I guess I don't know. Whatever. Just cringe. Dumb. Cringe. Cringe. Yeah. Cringe. Yeah. Cringe. There we go. Yeah, but Jr. Then. It was it was fitting, puppies, puppies. Yeah, it was. But, yeah, the era. But, it was. He was perfect when, for the attitude. Era. But when you look at it in the twenty twenty two lens, it's, yeah, yeah, it's but just old man. Jr. with King, even they were just so good. Just like I saw a video. I think it's like a minute long of Jr. just repeatedly calling during like the two thousand. I think it was like 99, 2000, calling Triple H a son of a bitch. You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! And just keep saying it over and over. And I then, just recently saw that video, too. Yeah, and yeah, then, same, and same. then obviously when he would talk about like Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's walking, he's talking, Owen Kane, oh, like he hated Bischoff. Yeah. When he, because he hated Eric Bischoff, so he's like, "Choke slam him, choke slam him straight to damn hell." <laughs> or when, or when he gets all 
choke. He say choke slam that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no one says son of like no one says son of a bitch better than Jr. though. Or just like when the invasion angle ended and Jr. looked at him, he's like, Paul, you're out of work again. <laughs> and then like and then when the king came back, obviously as a kid, I was all amped that King was back, which I wanna know, you guys might know more of this because like I said, I was young, I never looked into it. Was King just like released or some shit, or did they take him off for storyline to bring Paul in? Because Paul was announcing, uh, commentating, I remember, before the Invasion Angle started. I think Jerry, I know there was a point in time where Jerry Lawler was in some, like, behind-the-scenes real-life trouble. Like, but legal he also, trouble. He also had that heart attack on air. Like, yeah, that I too. Know, yeah, that too. Time, I don't know if it was, like, yeah. totally because of that they took him off yeah. or... It and just was happened. antiquated. His his kind of style's a little antiquated with the jokes, yeah. and the, you know, they were moving into PG, and you can't have this dude yelling puppies, puppies, puppies yeah. when you're moving into yeah. PG. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But Jr. Yeah. had had Jr. had tons of the by God, he's broken in half. Yeah, oh, yeah. On, that's one of the classic ones of that. As long or as the the class the classic one. How did I, I don't can't believe you guys didn't say because somebody stopped the damn match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then well, I didn't get to say any of it. And then one quick, one more honorable mention before I toss it to my man Dan Booker T. <laughs> he just when he was commentating like TNA shit was funny. Like when he got in the ring with the mic, and then but Yo. my my favorite still to say. I'm pretty sure I sent the TikTok in the group chat was when someone got injured on Raw. I forget who it was. It might have been John Cena. We'll just say if and he's like John Cena has been taken out. For this, this, and anal bleeding. And Booker T just goes, what? what? <laughs> what? <laughs> to this day, I will always laugh, legitimately laugh out loud whenever I hear. Because he looks like he had no idea that was coming. It was just like, what? <laughs> but I'll give it to you, Dan. I'll give it to you. Yeah, and y'all, y'all certified the reason why I said let's try to make one unified list because every name on my list, which was mentioned, and Nick, you admitted to grabbing a few of mine because you forgot about a couple of the combinations. So I, I mentioned the we mentioned Gorilla and Bobby. They're like, you know, they're god level at this. Jr. and the King. We just got off talking about them. No need to go any further another duo that was like damn near god tier of of just pairings taz and cole taz is a person that people needs to put more respect on his name when it comes to commentating ringside because 100%. he he is he was a mixture of that entertaining with a little bit of excalibur like he is able to break down moves holds and and like even he still does it to this day. You see, now that that's something right there that you've been in the ring before. You you know what that's all about. Like I like hearing that, like because that almost sounds like some real old head shit in a way. Like you know, like what you know about that young boy. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he breaks it. He still kind of breaks it down in, in somewhat of a it feels educational teaching kind of way for a fan to be like, this is what you do. You oh, like he he breaks points out those little things that like. That's exactly how you do it. This is the little nuances and stuff that he'll say to just that little bit, like you could tell, experienced, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, we mentioned Joey Styles, absolutely no need to go further. If there was one person that I could trust to call anything, it's that guy. But then I mentioned, as I mentioned in the open to lead into this, 
I had to throw Gordon Soley on there because he is a guy who precedes all of our times. But when you do the history on him, he's another guy who might have done almost everything by himself at one point. And I'm talking from commentating and calling the matches to the ringside interviews to the promos and everything. Like Gordon Soley is one of those guys, him, like I said, him, um, uh, Dave Crockett, like they, they are like what, I, what some would say are the voice of pro. Gordon Soley was kind of known as like that voice of pro wrestling from territory to territory to territory. Like that man just, his, his voice was resounding and it resonated throughout the entire wrestling universe of the territory days and he's he's he is the model that kind of helped and usher in these people and then honorary mention which none of us added him but honorable mention easily to tony shivani easily Mm -hmm. tony shivani you're on mute nick and i mean to i mean to interrupt you but you know what's funny about tony shivani like so i'm I'm listen, I've been watching wrestling for a very fucking long time. And I've been uh I've been like when AOL dropped, like I was on that shit, like I was on the internet heavy when it first came out. So I used to go to wrestling forums. Like I used to go to these pages. It's like going to like a I don't even know how to explain that shit now to people who who don't know what a fucking forum is. Like it was literally just you type in the name of this page and you go to this page and it's just people talking like that that's all it was it was kind of like a twitter but i don't know how to explain it but i used to go to these forums and at that time i was watching wcw and the whole nwo thing was popping and all that bro people hated 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 tony shivani like it was like it was almost like the the he was like the michael cole version of when michael cole was like hated because a lot of people went through a big phase where they fucking hated michael cole they say he was the worst announcer and all this shit, um, which I, I agree a little bit on that back in the day. Um, he's kind of revived his career. But, bro, people used to hate Tony Schiavone. That Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and um, Bobby Heenan combo, like, people hated him, bro. So it's funny to me, like, I never had a problem with him. And I listen to him now on um, Dynamite, and I'm like, bro, Tony Schiavone's fucking great. Like, I don't know what problem people had because they used to say, like, he didn't know about wrestling and he didn't, like, know anything. And it just, it it, it always, I always remember that shit because, bro, it was a, a lot of people felt that way. And I never understood it. And, and which is bugged out for people to say because that would definitely have came from people of our age range who didn't know or realize Tony Schiavone has been in this shit since, I think, the late 70s, early 90s. Like I mean, early '80s. I mean, not '90s, because he was he was there in the '90s for sure. But the '80s, like to see a young Tony Schiavone when you go back and look at some of the territory stuff, it's like, yo, this dude has been around forever, and nobody gives him props on that. Like he's been around some of the greatest matches, some of the greatest territories, some of the greatest moments in wrestling history. People just totally gloss over that he has been there since, like I said, since most of us weren't even born yet. And to say that that man don't know professional wrestling, you had to have been smoking heavy rocks at that time because he's been around the block several times 
you could call your mother's funeral if you need. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that's, crazy. that's crazy. People would say that because I had him on my list initially, um, but then I had to give it to Colin Taz. Um, no, you had to give it to McAfee. So, oh yeah, McAfee. <laughs> McAfee but uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I feel that's like you know, especially because he's had because Shivani's the one. If I'm remembering correctly, was the one who had the call about mankind winning the title. Saying they got the guy, what did, I forget the exact quote, but when he was spoiling, because that's when Raw, whatever, that mankind's winning the belt yeah. and whatever. And then like a bunch of people turned from WCW to that, like, and whatever. The I remember, biggest, I biggest fucking him. backfire in wrestling history right there. Fucking yeah, dumbasses. and then I remember Tony Schiavone eventually called Mick, he said in the thing, like, apologizing. Yeah. But Mike, you mentioned Mike Tanay too. Like, he got better. Once he got the TNA, though, I wasn't a big fan of TNA and then listening. I always bring up Jeff Jarrett in his podcast and listen to the respect that he gave to and shit like that. And then you really think back like now, nah, Mike Tanay in WCW, like he was green. He was learning, but he did get better once he got to TNA. He yeah, did get I a little better. Now that I think about it, I don't even I don't know why I didn't mention um sh- the the combo of Shivani, uh, Heenan and Zabisco. I don't, I don't know why the fuck I didn't mention oh, that. La- I Larry, Larry, Larry Zabisco was another one. Larry Zabisco was another. Yeah, one. I, don't, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking now, about there. Question for you guys, and I know kind of hard to say because the three of us don't watch it as often. But who I'm actually a fan of when I listen is uh. The new NXT one. Now I'll always be a fan of Morrow, Nigel, and Beth, but uh, Wade and um, Vic Joseph. I'm actually a fan of them. Like I like Wade Barrett. Yeah, I like him. And honestly, yeah, I, like, I don't like, I like Joseph either. I like Stu. Really, yeah, I thought Samoa Joe was decent on commentary when he was on it. Yeah, he yeah. was real good. The one who I didn't like on it, and granted, they haven't done much with him since, but. Uh, I wasn't a fan of when Dio Madden was on it before he became Mace and Brock Lesnar F5 this ass. That's how they rid him off. Do you remember when he commentated for like six he was, months? He was he was on it for like yeah, yeah. Like a yeah, he wasn't on it. They didn't even really give that well, a chance. Paul, Heyman, Paul Heyman's the one who put him on because that's when we had like that year. Well, Bischoff didn't last as long, but when Heyman was running SmackDown and uh Bischoff were running uh SmackDown, I mean, and Heyman was running Raw. Because I remember the Raw team initially was Vic Joseph, Dio, and uh, Jerry, the King Waller, yeah. Then they switched out Vic, whatever. Then I think who ended up being Corey, Samoa Joe, and uh, I think Michael Cole was still working both back then. If Corey Graves annoys me for some reason. You know, it's not – he definitely – he's not original. And he doesn't – he's right. always – he's scripted because I remember he made the big thing, which was wrong, about Sasha – Right. And then I actually was watching a TikTok today. It was like wrestling moments that made us all like emotional. And it was the begin. it was highlights of the Bianca Belair Sasha match at Mania. And everything, every time Corey talked, it was complimenting Sasha. Like Sasha's earned everything she's had, this or that. So after today, I don't like his commentary because I thought some of the things he was doing was original and it's not. Like even yeah, like, yeah. I'm just not a fan of his commentary. Yeah, like Corey, Corey for me, it's funny because that like when he first started on commentary, because I I I wasn't fucking with NXT when he was on there, Same. um, so I didn't really see too much of him like live. I, I went back and yeah. I watched a little bit of it, so I, I I got to see it, but 
Um, so I wasn't a fan of his, like, from wrestling or whatever. I didn't really know who he was. Yeah. And when he started, I was like, bro, I fuck, why is this fucking guy? And then I just stopped myself and I'm like, bro, he's a heel announcer. Like, that's what he is. That's what he's doing. That's the character he's playing. He's literally playing a character. He's not even trying to be like organic with it at all. He's literally to me though, to me though, and I I totally get it that he's trying to play a heel character. It doesn't feel heel like it just like Nick said, it feels forced. It feels it feels fed, it feels like it was fed to him. And it was like like SummerSlam, he just annoyed me. Like there's some nights that he's all right, but like SummerSlam, he just something about this SummerSlam, he annoyed yeah. me. And I, I totally and his feel you. I, fucking sucks. I totally his feel fucking, you. What? Nick. What? Right, right. <laughs> what? 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 Fucking worst fucking but, catchphrase, bro. Yeah. I I feel you though, Nick, in in turning around on him because of the way he tried to lay out Sasha Banks when they left. Like that was just dead wrong. That uh, the way it yeah. was done was wrong, in my opinion. What the only thing, the only positive I want to see is that dude's cleared to wrestle. And this is something I know we're gonna talk about maybe closer to timing. The, uh, the like, obvious that's coming. We we all knew it was coming. Yeah, we all knew that. It was coming. Hopefully, Triple H can restore Star Survivor Series to be better again, it's like how it was yeah. back in the day. And. Everyone's saying maybe bring war games up. I don't know, whatever. I'd be amped for it, but if it stayed with NXT, cool. But like we were kind of saying with the commentator rivalries, and I, I say it on the mark for him, I'd honestly be down to see him and Pat McAfee go at it. Now, I don't know how good it would be because Corey ain't gone in a minute. Pat's not his thing. He kind of needs someone to carry him. But I'd be down to see it. It'd be different. That's I, honestly I, think, I honestly think Corey is not interested in – and again, I don't know shit. I don't know anything. I'm just a fucking yeah. dude doing a podcast. But I feel like he he doesn't want to wrestle anymore. Um, he might be medically he might be medically cleared, but I don't think he wants to do that shit anymore. I think he's perfectly happy being an announcer and doing his podcast and all the other side shit that he does. Well, I um, thought I heard rumors that he he wanted to get one more in, and if so, at least another try at it or something. Which, to be honest with you. For what he went through health wise to do it, I I'm not against seeing him do that. Yeah, yeah, yes, did I say did I say that I'm not a fan of him at commentary? Yeah, that's that's separate. I yeah, want to see him I... actually try to do what he loves again at least one time. And like I said, I not not to bury a lead before, but that was the obvious that kind of felt like it was eventually going to come because we knew we heard Corey Graves back and is clear to re- compete again. People would talk. We, I think we've talked about it a while back. Like, what would we, you know, what a, a Pat McAfee, Corey Graves announcer versus announcer thing. Like, that it just feels like it's the obvious route to go. We just seen a little teaser of it so just recently. Yeah. You know, when he was all yeah. in his face, like, what? You know, like, but last commentary team that I got to say, y'all could check them out, but they need tons of work. Watch the NWA crew. I just remember Tim Storm's name. I forgot the woman's. I think Velvet is a name. Velvet something is yeah. the, the woman's uh-huh. name. And the other guy, they just, uh-huh. they, I, I like it because it, I like them because it just feels like organic. It feels like they're not being fed lines. It feels like they're just going off the cuff. But I was watching NWA uh, two days ago and like the amount of just little words here and there that they were getting wrong, calling people the wrong name, shit like okay, that. It was, so- it was laughable. But they need work. So, like, 
I, I don't I, I know you're a big fan of NWA. I, I keep telling myself I'm gonna watch it, but I haven't been able to really watch it like that. But I did watch um I tuned in actually because of you when um Trevor was it what pay-per-view was it? I don't even fucking remember. It was almost like a year ago or something. When Trevor With Murdoch, Trevor Murdoch one, I think yeah, I think it was that one. I think it was that show. And um when Murdoch when Murdoch beat all this for the belt, right? I think yeah, I think it was it must have been that show. I think it was. Um I watched that show and I was like, yo, this commentary is fucking terrible. <laughs> Velvet Sky is fucking atrocious on that fucking mic. I don't know why. I mean, I guess she's a name, and I hate to I, I'm not one to be saying shit like that. I ain't call somebody terrible at their job or whatever. You know, I, I'm not a announcer, but bro, I was listening to that shit and I was like, oh my God, bro, this is like, they're talking about nonsense, like stuttering and missing shit and missing, calling moves the wrong moves. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this shit sucks. And, and, and it's a big deal. If, if you're listening to the announcement, I mean, I guess for the general public, it really wouldn't matter. You know what I'm saying? But for people like us who like really watch wrestling like that, that's, that's going to hurt your product, bro big time at least for me because i haven't watched since it's because it because it goes to the lead and was they're a part of the story they're a part of the build they're yeah. a part of, of of pretty much directing the match almost almost you could you could kind of say they're like the closed caption to like a silent film yeah if you want to if you want to say you know they are describing to us what we're watching especially if it's something that we don't know what that was like we might not know what the move is or what a certain like transition was or this that a third you know or we need to know the history of i.e all you idiots out there who was getting mad at mance warner yet AEW did a great job but we're not talking about that kind of we're keeping it peaceful tonight but <laughs> they they do a great they're the ones who do the job in telling you Yo, don't forget Tuesday nights, AEW Dark. Don't forget Dark Elevation. Well, they do more Dark than Dark Elevation announcements, but you get my point. They are the messengers. They are the ones who, you know, they they see the product sideways, like Lou is right now. Yeah, they do. Let us know. You know, let us know what what's what's what. You know, but commentary is beyond important, and it's very essential. And we as a fan who watch on TV don't take it for granted. Yes, some groups are better than others, but still listen intently to 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 get what they're saying, to understand what they're saying and and what they're describing to you because that is a part of the story in what's being shown on television. Mm-hmm. And we need Lou to come back, but and I'll reiterate this question because this is the last question that I wanted to ask y'all. Damn it. I forgot the other half. No, I remember. I kind of remember now. Which, which, this is a thought that I had today. And it just hit me. And I was like, you know what? I got to ask y'all. I got to ask my, my immediate crew before I ask WrestleTalk. Which was more of a shot at Vince McMahon? The VKM, the Voodoo Kin Mafia, or the Jericho Appreciation Society. 
Now, I mentioned Jericho Appreciation Society because we look at AEW as a pro wrestling company. Uh But Jericho, with this new page turn and bringing the sports entertainment, air quotes, side of things to, to wrestling, it felt like a direct shot at the WWE because they were always the sports entertainment company. They were not pro wrestling. They were not pro wrestlers. They're superstars. They're, mm-hmm. Everything that was almost anti-professional wrestling is what the JAS is supposed to be. And Voodoo Kin Mafia, if you know Voodoo Kin Mafia, the initials were for Vincent Kennedy yeah. McMahon. So which of the two, and that's what, that's what I was saying, Lou, which of the two was more slapped in the face or the best shots at Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon's WWE? <clears throat> what, the JAS or the VKM? The, yeah. Yes. Uh, definitely the VKM because the JAS is like, yeah, they're kind of, you know, spoofing the, the WWE and stuff like that, but they're not directly, you know, talking about Vince or saying because they bro I've said this on this show before they could be doing so much more with that fucking gimmick it's ridiculous yeah like they could they could be doing so much more with that if they really want to go with sports entertainer with it so much more but they're not and they're keeping it you know they do little things like um what was it last week or the week before this dude broke out uh AEW Galaxy yeah and then yeah. um, I think last week he said something. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but they do little things, you know. But the VKM, when, that was what? Uh, Billy Gunn and um, Road Dog, right? When they went to TNA? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Billy Gunn, Road Dog, and there was somebody else. Yeah, when they went to TNA, they were calling yeah, themselves yeah. like the. Yeah. They, they were definitely. I actually remember. Fuck, now that you bring that up, I remember <laughs> specifically. And I remember watching TNA at that time because me and my wife used to watch that shit at the at, at that time when that was happening. We used to watch TNA, and um, I remember tuning in and they were cutting a promo in the ring, and it was uh, they were challenging Triple H and Shawn Michaels to a match like on fucking air on TNA, and they were calling them. Uh, he was going uh, uh, Michael Hakenbottom. Paul Levesque, like calling them their real names. So everybody yeah. was like, ooh, they're using their real names. Oh my God, this is real. Yeah. Like, I was like, come on, bro. Like, at some point, you have to. Th- that's one thing I don't like. Like, I get that they take little shots here and there, but it's like, bro, if you're running your own company, like, you got to build your own company, bro. You, 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 you shouldn't be going out of your way to be mentioning the other product like that and like every week, like trying to go at them hard and they're not even paying attention to you. They don't even acknowledge that you exist, bro. That shit is embarrassing, bro. Yeah. Like, honestly. Yeah, I say the VKM, too, about my to quick, only because I think everyone gets more of like a ha-ha out of the Jer- Jericho appreciation society, uh, society versus VKM. You had more of that ooh feeling. And also because the way time is compared to back then, Jericho's been on record on his show. Like, you see photos. He's friendly with WWE. He came on the Stone Cold show. Like, Vince was cool with that. He says on record, like, yes, we maintain a relationship. I maintain a relationship with Triple H. Like, so maybe that's why I say the VKM, only because that was more back then and I didn't know things like that, which they could have all been boys, you know what I mean? Which they probably still were. 
Um, yeah, that's all I really got to say on it. I'd say them just because of what Jericho appreciates. But I, I don't mind it, to be honest. I kind of agree with what Lou's saying 100%. But I don't mind the laughs, like the Galaxy, the Wizard. Yeah, you know, it was it was just a thought that I had today because because yeah. it was like I, I literally it just like just literally just hit me like you know J A S is little it, it is it is a direct shot at WWE in a way now not as much because Vince is gone but it was it was a direct shot at to like all the like I said the minutiae of the WWE and like I said not calling them wrestlers calling them superstars and and being a you know the, the greatest thing in sports entertainment not calling it professional wrestling and just the little things like that but yet like Lou said have they really acted on that not really but one thing that I like that I, I listening to UWO's podcast shout out to UWO um they brought along people like Daniel Garcia, who is a wrestler's wrestler. You know what I'm saying? And doing the sports entertainment kind of gimmick brought a different side out of him that, that made some people pay attention. Not everybody, but made some people pay attention. But still, it displayed a different side of this guy, which to me is helpful to his career. Being an entertainer, it's it's an a necess, it's a necessary part of professional wrestling, whether you know us hardcore fans like it or not. You, you gotta be an entertainer. There there has to be a reason for a draw for you. You know what I'm saying? So but but yeah, VKM just because of the initials is just harder. Yeah, yeah they, 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 <laughs> went, they went much harder in the paint than any yeah. of these other guys trying to like what? embarrass or Oh, sorry, sorry. Continue. No, no, no. You could... And it was embarrassing, Lou, that TNA definitely did. And you hear Jeff Jarrett talk about it. They definitely thought that they were direct competition to the WWF yeah. slash E. And I, I've mentioned it before, and I'll say it again. TNA had its moments, but I didn't tune into many of them. They were no competition to anybody but themselves yep. at that time. But one quick thing before we go, I kept reading on Twitter and one of my uh, things was saying that, that I guess I never watch it ever, but I guess T-Bar, which I think he's going to get repackaged. I don't think that's going to last because Triple, Triple H was big on him down in NXT. Um, and Ali apparently put on a great match on main event. Yeah. Is oh, there I any way, can I watch that on Peacock? Because I saw that yeah. too. I saw they yeah. had some kind of like, they gave him a standing ovation, bro. Like the crowd. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to. I think main event, main event, and level up are just network exclusive. I might have to throw that on after this. And then we got our boy. I already forgot his name coming out in the scooter, but he had another great highlight. I'm a fan of him. I feel. Oh, see, that's the thing too. That's why I want to see. Thank you for reminding me. I want to watch level. I'm gonna write that down. I need to watch level up because I need to see more of this Quincy dude, bro. See, I don't know how we watch it because everyone's hyping it, but you go to main event and the newest one's July 21st. Uh, yeah, I don't understand how that app works, bro. Uh, I might, it might, might be on YouTube, bro. Honestly, if it's main event, I'm going to check real quick. It might end up being on YouTube, bro. Yeah, yeah. if someone could find that, because I'm a fan of both of them, so I'd like to see it. So I had something that we talked about earlier. I had a, a something for next week kind of idea, but I forgot it. So we'll talk about that behind the scenes. But yeah. for right now, we're going to talk about how we close this show out. 
because we's done. So, Lou, you know what to do. Lou, from the BX, tomorrow is Friday, so that means that the newest episode of the Everything Podcast will be dropping. I'm going to work my hardest to make sure that episode comes out tomorrow. So, if you would like to listen to that, please go check out the Everything Podcast page on Instagram, and from there you'll hit the link to find all the deliciousness that is the Everything Podcast. And me. You can check out the Star 5 Podcast on everywhere. Google us, bitches. Or you hit up the Start of Five podcast on TikTok. Our link tree is right there, and it'll take you to everything the Start of Five podcast related. Please come follow the Start of Five podcast on TikTok. I've been having a lot of fun on there, you know, doing my thing with the Wrestle Talk community, doing my thing with the hip hop community on there, uh, doing some responses. And I did a duet today on some, some woman who was asking, I, I don't need y'all faces on my duets just pointing. And so I added in on like five other people just pointing yeah, I at saw that. <laughs> and shit. But, you know, a lot of fun over there. A lot of fun over there. Follow us on the Instagram at the starting five underscore podcast. You can go get the link tree to there also. Plus, we are now showing on Twitch. We started last week. We're going to try to keep it rolling. See what goes on with Twitch. If we get a following, we get a following. If not, whatever. It's just another place to see these faces talking our shit about sports, politics, hip-hop. Like I said, this week we're going to be talking comics, music with the great artist Sean MacArthur. And yeah, Nick, it's on you. You know what to do. And for me, you can follow me personally at Nick Anicelli. I'll spell it today. N-I-C-K. A N N I C E L L I. For most Soft. Importantly... <laughs> I, I need to think of something like that. You got, you got J R. You got to do it like double J, like A double N I C E double L I. Yep, that's the most new thing moving forward. Uh, but most importantly, y'all gotta follow because if you already listened this long, you're probably intrigued by us. It's been an hour and thirteen minutes, fourteen minutes now. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling B Trash and on Instagram at Wrestling Is Trash. Share your thoughts, share your ideas. We're very open minded people, so throw your shit out there. We don't get butthurt like that. Or come on here, be like, hey, I listen to you guys. I'd like to come on. We'd love to have you on. You just got to be on our schedule, but we'd love to have you on. Uh, unless like, you're famous or something listening for some reason, because we know in the wrestling world, someone listens to us. And now we did an episode, speaking of Styles, Joey Styles. So we're going to speak that into fruition as well because we're kind of on a roll over here in the past three weeks. Yes, yeah, sir. Everybody should all make right. – we should all make – we should start doing that at the end of this show. We should all one make one prediction that we want to see happen on Raw so that they can fucking do it. I already got oh. mine. I'll tell you mine real quick. I'm still waiting for Joey Styles. Paige, hey. Paige, Paige gets back in the WWE ring before 2022 ends. And how about this, Lou? Uh, I could call on a Wrestle Talk family, and we just start a thread. Nice, we just start, nice. We just start a chain on the Wrestle Talk. We let's get jo- get Joey Styles back on TV somewhere. I'm sure right. he's checked. I'm sure he's completely yeah. checked out of the wrestling business. We're gonna find we, Joey Styles. We need to find Joey that Styles. we can have him on this show. Shout For out me, to me. One thing I would like. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut your no, shot off. All good. All good. All good. I just want to get this off. One thing I would like to see happen. I need this, Triple H. Please, I need this, bro. I need to see 
tag teams. I need to see the Usos on, on Raw, and I need them interacting with other tag teams, and I want to hear them say that there's no one else left for them to fight, and then I want to hear this. I want Enzo and Cass back. I want to hear this fucking song. I want to hear this shit play. I need it. I need to hear this shit. I, I don't know if they're going to let Enzo back. Maybe WRC. Maybe WRC, but Enzo is gold on the mic. He might still have to be stifled a little bit verbally, but the dude knows how to do it. Soft. Soft, soft. Soft. But yeah, man, people people are listening because many people have been running with our ideas, stealing our styles in multiple ways. It's okay, though. It's okay. You ain't got to give us credit. We just know where it came from. Yeah. With that being said, we out, bitches. See y'all next week. Keep it up, Mark. No.